The trade deadline has come and gone. Your Chiefs have not made an acquisition via trade, but that doesn't mean they weren't doing anything. We're going to get into the details today with Matt Derrick of Locked On uh, Chiefs as well as Chiefs Digest. Let's get that right. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. ChiefsDigest.com, that's where you can find Matt Derrick and all of his work. Just put out the story that uh, the Chiefs have made a signing. We're going to get to that here in a little bit. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for free on every platform, starting here on YouTube, where I would ask you to please like this video, subscribe to the channel, click the bell button so you get the notifications. That means when uh, we go early, like we are today, a little bit ahead of schedule for our live stream, you'll get a notice and it makes things easier. Uh, you can find that anywhere across the platform as well as on Spotify and Apple and Audible and all the audio platforms. We are free every day for you. You everydayers know that. We're going to get into the details here. Matt Derek from Chiefs Digest, our inside man in the locker room is with us and not just a, a plain old draft deadline day. It's been kind of interesting. There's been value out there to be had Chiefs didn't partake of it, and we're going to find out why. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, where you want to go see my pass rusher matrix, uh, looking at the college guys that maybe could be on an NFL roster here pretty soon, as well as everything else over at RGR Football. Matt, welcome into the show, and we didn't expect anything major, but as the day went on, it felt like, wow, there's a lot of value out there. Maybe the Chiefs should be on the phone trying to rattle some cages. I think you even tweeted about it. Are you surprised at the end that with that value falling that they didn't get anything done? Um, a little surprised, but it all still comes back to, Ryan, that there's – I can give you 3.2 reasons why the Chiefs didn't do anything. <laughs> and technically, I can give you 3.2 million reasons why, because that's how much room the Chiefs have in, in salary cap space. And sure, you know, there were some contracts out there that they could have squeezed in. And you're right. I mean, when you see Chase Young going to the 49ers for a third-round pick, um, it certainly makes you think mm, maybe the Chiefs should have couldn't could have gotten involved. But even even a Chase Young contract would have been difficult for the Chiefs to squeeze in. Um, it would have really limited their ability to deal with injuries down the road. It would have required that they then do some restructures, most likely down the road as well. And I, I, I think you can really say from this that there's probably two main reasons why nothing got done. And and one, I think, was certainly just that. Um, there, there wasn't anything that the Chiefs felt a need for that was available. And two, the players that the Chiefs wanted probably weren't available. Um, because even if in your dream list, if you're a Chiefs fan and you wanted the Chiefs to go out and, and reinforce that wide receiver room, one wide receiver changed teams today. That was Donovan Peoples-Jones going to Detroit. And I can tell you Chiefs were not interested in making a trade like that. That wouldn't have been where they were going. So I, I think you can certainly say that it was really a matter of Chiefs not having uh, needs that were available out there and nothing that they were willing to give up for. It makes a lot of sense, particularly at that position. And, and you're going to see this team on the field. And uh, we are brought to you today by Game Time. If you want to get those seats, you can go to the Game Time app, create an account, Use our code LOCKEDONNFL for 20 bucks off your first purchase. It's last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And that might look or sound good to somebody like Peoples-Jones, uh, a player that you could say could man the X, but I agree with you that that's not an enticing figure for the Kansas City Chiefs. I know you had theorized uh, with everything on fire, apparently, in our nation's capital at that franchise, um, that maybe there was a smaller guy that might fit this offense a little bit better named uh, Scary Terry that might have been worth calling about. I'm sure they did. 
But in the end, what does this tell you about the youth across the league and its value? We've seen guys like Chase Claypool move on. Now, Peoples-Jones, who's played some good snaps for the Browns, move on. It just seems that it is uh, starting to mirror the fantasy football world where wide receivers are a crew. They are part of a cog. Individual defensive players that can actually affect the ball game seem to be gaining value back maybe more than they have in the years past. And that seems to ring true today on deadline day. Yeah. And I mean, and let's, let's be real. I mean, wide receiver is the most difficult position to me to fit anybody into a team mid season. I mean, quarterback might be more difficult, but I'm going to put wide receiver right up there. I mean, they go hand in hand. Um, I mean, to a degree, there's a few quarterbacks that could go out there and, and run any offense. I mean, you can do anything with, with certain quarterbacks. But, I mean, as far as an impact, and we've talked about it so many times, I mean, Kadarius Tony was literally the high watermark when you're talking about a midseason addition for an Andy Reid offense, about what you could expect. And, yeah, I mean, I would have been more comfortable if the Chiefs had had a player like uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins or even a Mike Evans available. But clear from what went down today, those players were probably not available in the market. I mean, if there was a value out there for them to be had, they would have moved. But I'm guessing that my, neither one of those teams, because remember, the Bucks and the Titans are not exactly out of playoff chase right now. So, right. you know, I mean, that's a consideration as well. I mean, and so I think that the fact that there's a lot of teams that still think that they're in the playoff hunt and probably weren't willing to give up on the season. Um, now, a team like Washington, you know, moved a couple of players. I think that they're in rebuilding mode and clearly ready to move on from some guys but you have to have the right match and and so i i think the chiefs were all along were going to be highly selective in what additions that they went especially in the receiver room and they weren't going to make a trade just to make a trade that makes sense to me too and i think for for old friend uh eric Bieniemy, it certainly says that they're moving on from what may have been uh by leadership in washington felt like uh were some iffy or not uh, recoverable draft picks in Sweat uh, and Young, certainly uh, from everyone that I've talked to around the league, not much interest in Young given the injury history. It has nothing to do with performance. He's actually playing pretty well up there in the top 10 in terms of pressures this season, but it's just about that health. And I think that that you don't want to double down on somebody that's looking at a contract and has serious health issues. So for Biennemi, they hold on to their offensive assets. And I think despite what might be a wholesale change, I actually predict, given that they have drawn Payne under contract, they have some other defensive stars, that this bodes well for what Eric Biennemi is going to get to play with come next season after this next draft cycle. Yeah, I mean, I think that you certainly you saw what Washington's trying to do. I don't think they wanted to really regress in any way and with that offense and what Eric Bieniemy is doing. I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear that, you know, Eric Bieniemy is not a one-year uh, Band-Aid in Washington. That is a long-term investment. And and I say the same thing, you know, I think parallel in Tennessee. I mean, I if I'm Tennessee and I'm just putting Will Levis into the into the game, I'm not taking away his one and only safety blanket while he's trying to develop. So I, I don't think I would have done that either. And with McLaren, I mean, he's got a fairly team-friendly contract. They've got control over him for a couple of more years. There's no reason, I mean, unless you're doing a full-scale reboot to walk away from that. I, you know, I, I thought, that if anything, there was a chance that maybe the Chiefs could figure something out with uh, Curtis Samuel. I mean, who's dealing with a toe injury, so that's another consideration. But I, I think it's pretty clear that, you know, Washington, with the sing signal they sent today, realizes that they're in a bit of a rebuild mode on defense, but they like what they're doing offensively. And, you know, if they go out and 
get a quarterback that maybe fits what you know Eric Bieniemy wants to do, they could be players sooner than later on the offensive side. You're absolutely right. And they're going to need players on both sides of the ball coming down the line when they get to Germany. We're going to talk about that later. And after this break, we're going to get to the crops, the, the seeds that have been planted in the Chiefs wide receiver room. And the fact that they didn't acquire anybody else for that room today tells you that they've planted those seeds and they're going to let those crops grow. I'm looking forward to that. I want to see where you think they are in that process and where they can go. But just like a part for any franchise, sometimes you need parts for your car. Our friends at eBay are going to help you out with that. Our partners over at eBay Motors have teamed up with our video of Locked On Fantasy Football to bring you some of the best matchups picks all season long, every week, all year. And right now, if you're prepping for that waiver wire where you got to make some additions, especially given the injuries this week, you can get in the know. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us for eBay's guaranteed fit, the fantasy picks of the week. And it goes no farther than the guy that saved my week last week, and that is young Dalton Kincaid of the Buffalo Bills. With Dawson Knox out, uh, hurt, and honestly don't have a great prognosis for when he will return, uh, it is Kincaid season, that is for sure. He's gotten uh, along well with Josh Allen the last couple of weeks, first time in his career, uh, really got going. He's He's got a couple of games back-to-back now where I think he's feeling his oats. It's, it's a smash spot for a shootout this week against the Bengals Sunday night. Cincinnati is even better in coverage outside than the wideouts versus the tight end. So Kincaid will once again come through for managers looking for that midseason boost or the replacement like I need this week. This is great information from Vinny, and he's always got it for you over on Locked On Fantasy Football, and it's going to help you win your fantasy championship, just like eBay Motors knows how to win you a championship with your ride, giving you the perfect fit for every part that you need on your vehicle all the time. Right now, it's because they have 122 million parts for your number one ride-or-die vehicle, and you can make your ride perfectly running smooth, clean, and looking good, whether it's brake kits, uh, accessories, roof racks, the whole nine yards, all the way down to spark plugs and wires, whatever you need to get your baby running right. eBay Motors has it. That's where the guaranteed fits. It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back, plus at these prices. You are saving money, and that's what we're all here for, right? So keep your rider alive and die at eBay Motors over at ebaymotors.com. It's a guaranteed fit, and it is exclusive to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions importantly. They do apply. What does have to happen is our relook at the wide receiver room as of this point. And at where we are in the season, Matt, with uh, this upcoming game against Germany, folks, we're going to get to that here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for free. We also have to say that this is the point in the season where things start to click. Uh, I think we've seen a positive impact from Machine Rice in particular as a young guy, but this is where it starts to evolve. They're going to get this, this long trip. They're going to get a bye week, and then it's all systems go. So given that they a, either weren't interested in what they could acquire or chose not to acquire anybody – the doubling down that is this wide receiver room, is is anything right now giving you hope that there's someone that can emerge as a prime target? It doesn't have to be a, a wide receiver one, as we talk about all the time, but just somebody that you feel uh, in the staff and the quarterback field can be the go-to guy at the position that is outside of Travis Kelsey. Well, I think we're starting to see it with Rasheed Rice. I mean, he had the, the he got the most snaps of any receiver against Denver, and I think that's going to be a sign of things to come. 
And, you know, I, I think you're starting to see things click for him. And that's what happens with, you know, young players, especially rookies. And, you know, once they start getting some work and everything in the first half of the season, how often do you see them really start to thrive in the second half? We saw it last year, I think, with George Karloftis. Uh, we've seen it with players in the past. I think there's reason to be very optimistic about Rasheed Rice in the second half, because if you take a few of his just rookie mistakes that he's had and you, you clamp down on them and you improve on that and you eliminate them, you know, there's a lot of potential there. And we continue to see it that when Rasheed Rice gets the ball in his hands in space, everything that the, the chief scouts and, and Brett Veach said during the draft process is correct. I mean, he looks like a running back. He runs hard. He runs through tackles. He is difficult to get down. So it's just a matter of making sure you can get the ball to him more in space. And, and I think we've seen in the last couple of weeks, him starting to learn and making adjustments that you have to against the zone coverages that the chiefs are seeing. Um, I mean, the chiefs still have a lot of optimism for sky more. And, and I, I feel like with sky, it's just a matter of needing maybe a couple of plays to go his way to get his confidence up. You know, I think we go a long way. And, you know, and when we also saw, I mean, Justin Watson coming back makes a difference. But, you know, with the offense, you got to eliminate the mistakes. That's what this team has been really shooting itself in the foot with has been mistakes. It's been either turnovers or drops or penalties, what have you. If they can eliminate those, I think the offense is going to be just fine. And and some of that is going to be the young receivers stepping up and improving their game and eliminating those young mistakes. I want to know the temperature in the facility because when I watch the film, I see opportunities that are missed. There, there are open receivers at times. The, the zone looks that they're getting – um, last week's percentage of, of mixed coverage and cover six, I think maybe threw off some of the metrics a little bit, but there's still guys that are sitting in the, the classic holes in the defense against cover two down the sidelines. There are opportunities there. It comes down to timing and that's timing, not just with your route, but with the quarterback. And I do feel one thing that's been kind of pushed under the rug is that it's not just that there isn't enough separation at times, but it's that the quarterback isn't pulling the trigger at times because he's not comfortable. Is there a point where we get to soon where it becomes a little bit more like, you know what, Patrick, we're not going to hold it against you. If you let it rip and you get picked off, we're giving you a little bit more room to maneuver here. Don't be so concerned. Let some of these guys have an opportunity to make more of a play and just let the ball fly. Am I the only one that's getting to that point? I don't think you are, but at the same time, I mean, yeah, I, I think that Patrick has done a, a much better job this year of something that, you know, he needed to improve, which was, which is making better decisions. And has he gone too far with that? I mean, maybe you could make that case. I mean, I know that if you look at like the next gen stats and they're going to tell you that the Chiefs wide receivers are doing a great job at averaging and separation. Well, that's just only when they're targeted, when the ball goes right. their direction. And that means that for the most part, Patrick is only throwing the ball their way when they are open. If they're not, he's moving on to the next target. And, you know, when we saw, you know, even he's, he's always going to throw the ball to Kelsey, whether he's open or not. Sure. We saw that on Sunday. He had a turnover in that situation, which he forces the ball to Travis that wasn't there. Maybe it could have been there with a better throw. But And I don't know how much to hold against, really, Patrick against the Broncos dealing with the flu. I mean, that may just be an outlier game that you want to throw out completely. 
But, you know, it's a double-edged sword because I think we have seen him take some shots with the young guys. But until those young receivers can prove to him that when they're covered or when they don't have great separation, that they can make plays, they're not going to get those opportunities. So, yeah, on the one hand, Patrick, hey, he is never going to see a window that he doesn't think he can get a ball into. And and maybe he does. Maybe it's going to come down to taking a few more shots and some tight windows that maybe he hasn't been doing in the first half of the season. But that's the big thing is that in those tight window situations, if these young guys get the ball coming their way, they better make a play because that's the only way you're going to get the quarterback's trust in those spots. And that's that's kind of where I'm at is I want to see just Patrick loosen up a little bit to give them those opportunities. Somebody's got to go grab that trust. And I think the only way that that happens is on the field. And particularly this week, long trip, have to get over there. You're going to have to put up points. I don't know that it's going to be the shootout that a lot of people are predicting because I do think the Chiefs understand how to protect against Tyreek and his antics. But you are going to have to put up points, and that puts the emphasis on making sure that you're taking some of those shots when you get the chance. We're going to talk about the Germany game and the, the process that goes into it on the back side of this, uh, and I'll I'll let my, my bone die here and not be the dog that I want to be today. Uh, there's a lot that goes into that ball game, and if you happen to be over there in France, some tickets now that I... I get myself to the right spot because uh last minute tickets are kind of the thing that I do. I don't I don't always have the best shot at getting to Arrowhead on time. I don't even have the best shot at getting uh to my local stadium at times. So it comes down to what's the best deal that I can get? How can I get it the fastest? And where am I going to be? My favorite aspect of using Game Time, which is the app that you need to go get and make sure that you're getting those tickets whether it's playoff games, whether it's uh, regular season games, concerts, anything that, that is held at a local venue. My favorite part is being able to see the seat that I'm going to be sitting in and what that view is going to be. The all-in pricing is great. The price guarantee is great. They're going to give you 110% back of the difference on any seat that you find for cheaper anywhere. But it is that look that gives me what I want. And you can get in on the action too, whether it's in Frankfurt or anywhere else. Uh, download that Game Time app, create an account, and use the Locked On NFL uh, code for your $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply, but it's over there at the Game Time app where you can create an account and use the code Lockdown NFL. That's L O C K E D O N N F L to get $20 off. It's last minute tickets, lowest prices, and they are guaranteed. And I know some of you are listening over there in Germany. So cheers. Check that out as well. Matt, at the end of the day, whether I'm looking for cheap tickets or I'm just looking to experience a ball game, certainly going over in the international series is one of those things that's it's on my bucket list. And it is for a lot of people. It certainly is for Clark Hunt. And that brings me back to the emphasis that these games always get in the media is quite different than what we get from the organizations. The Chiefs gave up a home game for this one. This has to be something that they get the payoff for me. And so despite it being um, a festive occasion and something that they're looking forward to, for me, it's about business. And I think that it is for Andy Reid and the rest of the staff. The question for me becomes, as you've seen preparations get ready, and uh, I believe they're flying out Thursday night, if, if I'm correct. Tell me if I'm wrong. What does that do to their normal routine? We know this is a, a schedule-based team. What does that do to throw them off? 
Yeah, and you know, and there's also obviously a lot of controversy about the Chiefs traveling late because the Dolphins have already, you know, arrived in Germany. The Chiefs will practice on Thursday and then they're leaving for Germany. So they'll kind of get a chance to sleep on the plane will be a little bit more of the plan. Uh, I would imagine once they get to Germany, they'll check into the hotel and uh, probably get a little bit of rest, but they'll be kind of starting their day once they arrive in Germany on Friday. Uh, they are moving things a little bit to just kind of start adjusting their body to the time difference, six hour time change between Kansas City and Frankfurt. So once they get there, they're going to normally be doing a, a Friday practice in Kansas City would normally be at 1145, you know, Kansas City time. They are moving it up a little bit. So they were, they're going to be practicing at essentially 930 um, in Kansas City time once they get to Germany because it's going to be an afternoon practice there. And and then they're so that that's kind of beginning the acclimation of getting their their bodies processed for, you know, the kickoff time, which is going to be 830, you know, Kansas City time, um, beginning that acclimation. But, you know, you talk about business and that's really Andy Reid's approach to this is that this is a business trip. And yeah, I mean, based on the window, I mean, there's going to be a few events in there, you know, they're going to be more press availability. So there'll be a little bit of that on Friday. There'll be some events around Frankfurt where they're going around to promote the game of football and try to extend, you know, expand the brand. As Clark Hunt mentioned, there'll probably be something for like Mahomes and Adidas in Germany. So there's going to be some of that, but you know, it's not going to be the maybe, you know, touristy parts of Germany that the Chiefs are going to experience and the players are going to experience that probably the Dolphins are. And that's Andy Reid's philosophy. He wants to go over there and play a football game and he doesn't want it to really be about anything else. So while the, the Dolphins might be in, in, indulging in a little Oktoberfest, the Chiefs will not be getting that experience. And for Andy Reid, he, he bases on experience. He points back to London when the Chiefs went there in 2015 and um, the Lions went there early in the week. And what happened when the Chiefs you know, came in on Friday? They absolutely obliterated the Saints at Wembley on Sunday. So, you know, Andy Reid feels like his his plan works the best. We'll see what happens on Sunday. Um, I'm not really sold that historically you can make conclusions about whether it's early, you know, advantageous to arrive early or late. I guess we'll have some more anecdotal evidence this week about which way to go. Yeah, and I think once you get locked into experience, especially for a coach that does have some of those tendencies, like likes to do things in the same order, the same routine. That makes sense to me. So I, I think as long as it's not a false sense of security, it does seem that it is a little bit more rushed than before. But I do like the concept of keeping it a business trip. If you want to go to Frankfurt, you want to tour Germany, you do that in the offseason. You all have enough money to go travel as much as you want in Europe. That's not what we're doing here. And so that tied in with the angst that is going on on the offensive side of the ball and with the injuries as well. Nick Bolton obviously was missed to begin with, but there you got other linebackers banged up as well. Chiefs made a move today after the trade deadline. It was, did not involve a trade, folks, but uh, Harris comes back to this roster to, I think, feel kind of that role. Now, I don't know that that means that they were uh, either unhappy with what they saw from either Cam Jones, and I think it was seven snaps, or Jack Cochran, who played significantly more, but where do you stand on what the linebacker situation is in the Harris signing, what it may indicate? 
Yeah, I think the bigger concern would be what it indicates, because I don't think that the Chiefs would necessarily be going out and making this move if it meant that Willie Gay was 100%. Uh, that's, I think, the bigger concern. Um, the Chiefs had a lot of depth. I mean, you know, they could be going back down, but you saw Drew Tranquil went out for a snap on, on Sunday and came back in. And I don't get any sense that that's an issue or an injury that that could slow Tranquil, but he has been dealing with a couple of things. And after that, I mean, the Chiefs' next Mike linebacker is Jack Cochran. So Darius Harris comes in. He gives you another guy who can play the middle. He can play all three spots. He can also play special teams, which, you know, the Chiefs had to bring up Deion Bush last week to play special teams with with the Tranquil stepping in for Bolton. If Willie Gay is out, then you're also talking about another guy who needs to play linebacker snaps and maybe not special team snaps. So that juggles that whole thing. Darius Harris can do all of the above. So mm-hmm. he's a guy that you he at least can come in and, you know, facilitate you a little bit um is he the the lightning in a bottle no but is he a reliable pro who knows all three spots and you know you don't have to teach anything to yeah i mean he can keep the show going so i think there's a lot of value there you know as far as being able to bring him in it gives him a lot of flexibility if there is an injury with willie gay that's going to keep him out in, in germany or beyond darius harris is a good guy to have around but that's that's the concern for me. I mean, the Chiefs have the numbers that they didn't have to bring in Darius Harris. Now, of course, they also released Isaiah Moore off the off the practice squad. Cole Christensen is banged up on the practice squad. So their depth at linebacker is challenged across the board right now. So there is an advantage. They had an open roster spot that they could they could use on Darius Harris. So it, it makes sense. But remember, when you when you bring in a guy like Harris and put him on the active roster, you know, you're committing the three weeks with Darius Harris and you're committing that money. So this tells me they feel like that they're going to need Darius Harris for more than one game. That's kind of where I am as well. And it, a terrible timing because I think we'll, we'll know for certain about Willie Gay when we know who made the trip or didn't. And unfortunately, they could use his athleticism on the field against this particular opponent. Uh, they're not going to have uh, HM available for uh, this Dolphins roster when they, they play the Chiefs. But they do have uh, a formidable run game, a very creative one. They certainly have old friend Tyreek Hill, and they have Jalen Waddle, who's had some back issues as well. At this point, I feel like both teams have some some pluses and minuses, but in the end, it comes down to scheme, I feel, more than player performance uh, outside of the normal, right? If everybody gives their average effort, I think it comes down to scheme. Obviously, Tyree can take over a game if something happens, but I felt like the secondary was solid last week, but not exemplary. I think Jerry Steed in particular is probably looking for a bounce back game against Tyree, and at that all set against the background of having to travel – how do you feel about where this team is going into this ballgame? Yeah, I mean, defensively, I mean, I, I think you have to pretty, feel pretty comfortable where you are. I mean, the way that this team has played. And there's nothing about the Dolphins' speed that's going to surprise them. There's nothing about Tyreek that's going to surprise them. I mean, for the most part, the Chiefs are familiar with it. There are a few who have not seen Tyreek up close and personal. So, yes, that will be a new experience for them. But, you know, there's nothing that they will not have seen on film. There's nothing that they will not have heard about. So, you know, Tyreek's not going to surprise anybody. Uh, and, and even the way that the Dolphins use him. I mean, it's not dramatically different from what the Chiefs have done. Uh, now, there's also a couple of books out there on how to counter the, the Eagles. The Eagles have shown you a way. The Bills have shown you a way. So there is some film about out there about how to slow down the, the Dolphins. And I, I think you have to have a lot of faith that Steve Spagnuolo is going to be able to go to school on that and come up with a good game plan. Yeah, the injuries at linebacker would concern me. 
But yeah, you know, the Dolphins have some injuries in their own backfield. So that would be the one area that they could challenge them. But I, I mean, once again, we talk about the Broncos game. I, I, I still feel really good about the defense coming out of that because as long as you don't give them short fields, you should be able to hang with the Dolphins. So you just can't make mistakes offensively. And I, I have to feel that, you know, even though it's happened before, and I so I don't want to lean on the whole, the Chiefs don't usually have two stinkers in a row on offense. Um, this is the kind of game that usually focuses Patrick Mahomes in this group. So to me, this is not going to be, you know, like playing the Giants in week eight in the middle of the season. You know, this is, I mean, this is the a, a marquee conference matchup a big deal in Germany on the international stage. And if this is not a game that Patrick Mahomes was born for, he shouldn't be playing football. I mean, this is, this is his environment. This is his game. It is. Uh, And how to combat them. I'm going to go over on Friday, folks, what some of the concepts are. You can see some of the film views of it as well over on RGR football. You can get that here on the YouTube platform. But the other thing that I'm going to do on Friday is give you my prediction. So Matt, given where everybody is we're gonna let you go first uh during this show because you always do where do you see this going well if i i think given my track record this season especially last week when i was very bullish on the chiefs extending that winning streak against the broncos um i i'm taking a lot of things into consideration here i'm going with the fact that i cannot take the chiefs in another blowout because they've just not justified that um and I mean, I, I have to overcorrect from last week. I mean, I will, I'll, I'll, I'm going to go with the Dolphins in this one. I think it's going to be a close game. I'm really intrigued. I mean, this should be a marquee game for the NFL to grow its mm-hmm. brand across the globe and especially in Europe and Germany. It's a big deal for the Chiefs. They have invested so much in trying to, to build in that market. And you really can't afford to go over there and play a stinker. And the NFL, I know, I, I, I we expect this and, you know, maybe not everybody because you said, you know, maybe everybody expects it to be a track meet. It might not be that. The worst thing that the NFL could have would be like the Chiefs and Dolphins go over to Frankfurt and play 13-9 game. I don't think it's going to be that either. I also don't think it's going to be 54-51, but mm-hmm. I am going with the Dolphins in a close one, 27-24. Uh, okay. I am uh, bound to be a little bit more optimistic because I just don't contain enough uh, realism compared to Matt, folks. So be here for Friday, and I'll give you my prediction, as well as show you what evidence I can to back that up, particularly how to slow down what they've been doing. So we very much appreciate your time and your wisdom, Matt. Thank you for filling us in today. It's always a pleasure, Ryan. Take care, everybody. Folks, tomorrow, Chris has the behind enemy lines. Kyle Krabs is going to be here. You guys know him. And then Friday, do not miss our preview show. The game is early. Early, early, early. You're going to see it on NFL Network if you're not in the Kansas City uh, region, and I do believe it is on the local carrier as well. So check that out. Otherwise, hit YouTube TV or something like that. We appreciate your time and hanging out with us today very much. So get ready. Uh, Maybe have something Bavarian on tap for uh, Sunday morning. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next time.